0: Every time I get up here, I think, man, I really do feel like I have something good to say, and the Lord's going to speak to someone in here. But before I ever get up here, I have a blast just, just hanging out with everybody and talking to y'all. Even before service, a handful that get here early, we, I throw stuff at them that I'm going to talk about, and we just kind of chit-chat about it and talk about it. It's just really fun. Um, I've <laughs> tentatively titled this <laughs> this message, Shut Up, God, I'm Trying to Hear From You. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to put that on the... On the uh, podcast yet. I may say be quiet because we don't let our kids <laughs> we don't let our kids say shut up. Oh, yeah. So we may say be quiet. But uh <clears throat> probably one of the most if not the most common questions I get or I used to get from youth and then now get as a pastor as well is hearing from God. Has anyone ever questioned that or or how that looks? Anybody? Yeah. Um how to hear from God? How to tell if it's him or if it's somebody else? If it's me, if it's whatever it is. Pizza. The pizza bad tacos. Uh, so it's, <laughs> I've had dreams and visions, and then I've had dreams and visions. So <laughs> and so, uh, so there is there's, there. It's 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 really complicated and really simple. I'll say that <laughs> that probably helped no one. Um, but what I what I did learn early on that I believe is is kind of incorrect. Well, two things I guess I learned early on that was incorrect is one, it's the same for everybody. Because I don't think that because now that I understand how relational it is, it's not the same for everybody. And two, um, that it's always uh, something you don't want to do. When God calls you, it's like God wants you to go to Africa or somewhere else and I don't want to go, so it must be God, right? Um, (laughs) Do what? Or skip around the church. (laughs) That's a perfect example, too. Um, Ah, you're skipping ahead. Wait. (laughs) But very, very... uh, so yeah, religion's taught us that God is always calling us to do something that, that we don't want to do. And that's not always the case. Now, there are cases, and I've, I've experienced, you may have experienced where, and this is I think this is where the whole term uh, get out of your comfort zone comes from. And you've heard me, I preached a message about getting in your comfort zone because the Holy Spirit's the comforter. And so we'll contrast that a little bit, um, not, not contradicting, but contrast it a little bit because, like I said, we're not all the same and we don't always hear the exact... Same way. Something I discovered probably the first time I actually felt like I nearly audibly heard from the Lord um, was at a youth camp. Lydia, do you remember? You probably remember because it the first word was for Lydia. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, no, now I'm curious. You don't have to say what it is, but. Oh, Wow. Wow. And that, that was a, a defining moment in my life because it was, a, it was a step out of what I was used to. I want to say comfortable, but it was, it was different. It was, a, uh, it was actually more comfortable to say it than to, to try not to. Does that make sense? And, and the same thing with the skipping thing. I was more uncomfortable resisting God through all three songs than I was skipping around the church. Um, and and that's what I've found in my experience. Now, different people will have different experiences. I'm not saying you need to skip around the church every Sunday. I mean, you can if you want to. (laughs) I'm just not saying, and that's what we've done. We always want to take something and put a formula on it. Okay, well, now we need to do this, and and then everything will be okay, and that's not the case. There are times when the Lord gives me an image or a picture, and it's not all the time, and it's very specific, and there'll be times when I deny it or times that I accept it, and and then I'll just, just as genuine as, as me talking to to Tracy or to, to Trent or to you guys? I say, God, like, I have no idea what that means. What are you talking about? You know, and and sometimes He'll explain. Sometimes He won't. He'll just keep giving me the same thing. God, like, stop messing with me. <laughs> this this is confusing sometimes. But at the end of it all, it never is. It always there's always uh, a very solid and and comforting peace that goes with it when the Lord called has ever called me to do something that I wasn't wasn't like on my like agenda to do that day. Does that make sense? And so there's a. I think there's a, a natural and a spiritual. <laughs> the, the natural is things that we can see, touch, feel, those kind of things, and there's a spiritual realm. A naturalist, or a naturalist believes that we're limited by our, our knowledge and our experience, and that's what we're limited by. Um, and if we don't believe in a supernatural God, then that is what we're limited by. We're very limited. I mean, we're limited by what we can learn, and we're limited by what we can experience. Uh, but what I found in the Holy Spirit is we're more, and this isn't even a word, I don't think because it had a red line under it when I typed it in. We're uh, dimensionalists, if that even means anything. But and I always think of the Beastie Boys song, "Another Dimension, Another Dimension." That just comes in my head when I think about that. But I, sorry. So uh, so uh, there's this there's a spiritual realm going on parallel to the and we talked about it before the the Matrix analogies and the upside down that kind of thing. So there's a spiritual realm that's going on, and there's no easy way to explain it. If and we've even most recently, I think one of the news things or one of the talk shows or whatever called, who was it? Pence crazy because he heard from God? Did y'all hear that? They think he's insane because he hears from God. It's like, well, I'm pretty insane then, I guess. Because there's no, there's no sugarcoating that. There's no way around it. C.S. Lewis says, either you believe that Jesus was the Son of God and all the supernaturals that go along with it, or he's insane, the man like a man who says he's a poached egg. There's no in between. You don't have a good moral teacher that blatantly lies and says he's the son of God and is going to die for all your sins. There's no in between there's no, that's black and white. And so in the same way, if we believe that there is another dimension which we call heaven or the, the kingdom of heaven, then we need to understand that it's not as far away as we thought it was. And this is what, what has taken a lot of unlearning for me, because all I ever heard in church was, do good, be good, you know, get saved so you can get your ticket, and when you die, you go to heaven. So there's always this distance. Along those lines was the scripture that used to kind of bug me and frustrate me, but then now gives me much freedom that says the, uh, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Or one translation says the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. And I said, I want my prayers to be powerful and effective, so I need to get more righteous. Man, what a, what a horrible transaction that would be, <laughs> if you think about it. If, if it was up to my righteousness for my prayers to be powerful and effective, I would not have a very good prayer life. But now that I realize that it's Jesus' righteousness that makes any of our prayers powerful and effective, now I have powerful and effective prayers. And guess what? So do you. This is another thing that a lot of people will say, hey, can you pray for me? Because they know I'm a pastor, or even when I was a youth pastor. Can you pray for me? And I always say, yes, I'll be glad to, but so can you. You can pray for you. (laughs) You can pray for that person. You may have a better connection with that person than I do. I'll be glad to pray for people, but you carry the same Holy Spirit that I have. And you have access to the same kingdom that I have access to. And if there's anything that, that... crippled me my first several years of, of Christianity was being really confused about that. Really, really dependent on a pastor or a theology or a, uh, an idea um, instead of fully relying on the Holy Spirit to lead me in everything. I'm, I'm chasing a little bit of a rabbit here. Let me back, okay, let's get back on track. God's voice. <laughs> we want to hear from God's voice. How do we recognize God's voice? This is a pretty common thing. How do we recognize it's him? God's voice will always strengthen and encourage and comfort, not shame, guilt, or tear down. Corinthians calls it the mind of Christ. Um, Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, basically the seen world, which you can touch, feel, and see, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we know now that the renewing of our mind comes from Christ in our heart. I always talk about we, we, the heart's been overlooked in our, in, in, in our Western ideas, just a, a big pump that pumps blood. Um, but even today in Eastern cultures, and even especially in these days, the heart was very centric. Even in Scripture, it was very centric. It has its own firing system. It, 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 can, it can live even when your brain dead because it's, it's much more powerful than we really give it credit for. So we're renewed in our mind from this new kingdom that's planted in our hearts. Um, God's voice will not contradict his word, but he may correct your misinterpretation of it. that's tough. I've talked to several people and, and um, there's a lot of people cooking spaghetti over there. Um, and one of them is, is Brian who's cooking, cooking spaghetti over there. Me and Brian have talked about it and, and we we both have friends that we talk to, lots of different people that are Christians, not Christians. And what we talk to a lot is, and, and I can encourage him, listen, when you, you know, Jesus saw this in his day too with all the Jews that had lots of merit. If you try to to, to tell people about completely unmerited favor and grace through Jesus Christ and they don't believe that you're asking them to give up a, a huge chunk if not all of their identity that's a big deal that's not an easy thing to do when you talk to people if you don't come to people in love and, and genuine, genuinely care for those people you can hurt them worse than you can help them because you're asking them to change something that they have, have, could have built their whole lives on and that's tough especially if you worked really hard if you've worked really hard and you've gained, you feel like you've, you've gained something, and now you say, well, whatever you've gained is a complete loss outside of Christ, then that takes a lot to shift that kind of mindset. And it, it's, it's, you just need to be very sensitive with that. So sometimes he will correct our misinterpretation of Scripture. He does not contradict it. He'll never contradict his word. Um, God's voice is not condemning. The enemy's voice is accusing and condemning. So if you're hearing something that's that way, that's what you're hearing. Now, these are the three things. The enemy's voice is accusing, condemning. Number two, the voice of the flesh will be self-serving. What can I get out of this? What will this person think about me? It comes from a lack of identity and security in Christ. The voice of, if you're if you, if you worried about it, if it's you or God speaking, if it's what you're trying to get out of it, then it may be you. <laughs> Every time that God has spoken to me to do something, it's, it's cool how it works out. It was always for the benefit of someone else or other people, but I got to benefit from it too. (laughs) But it wasn't because I wanted to benefit from it. It was for the benefit of other people, and that's God's heart. That's always been God's heart. That's why I say I hear people talk, especially a lot of Christians, will talk about how much they love God, and they don't love people. You can't love God and not love people. It doesn't work. Here's the key, and we'll hang out here for a while, just because, and I didn't even, I wasn't even planning on this, but everywhere I looked for, for hearing God's voice and how he hears God's voice, this word kept popping up. And this is, this is number three and the most important. God's voice is always accompanied by the peace of God. Everywhere I looked, I just kept seeing peace. It's like, well, this must be important because <laughs> I keep seeing it everywhere. And this was the greatest revelation that I've in all this about hearing God's voice is that, that God's peace is not passive. Now we think of peace, what do you guys think when you think of peace? Like a sunset or something, right? Like a, a vacation, and quiet, right, peace and quiet, <laughs> I just got that, and, and we think of, of a, a natural version of peace, like no distractions, no, nothing loud, nothing, um, you know, just peace and quiet, just calm, right, well, that's a very natural view of peace, what he's talking about here, well, I had not even got to the scripture yet, what he's about to talk about here is uh, a supernatural peace, now, there were two pictures I saw recently, uh, one was of a sunset, and one was of a bird. And it was a huge waterfall, and you had to zoom in to see the little bird. And he was covered by a little rock, and there was this massive waterfall. over, so There was like chaos all around him. But the bird was completely fine. He was completely happy in that little spot. And he was completely at peace. And to me, that was a really good representation of what God's peace is. It's not temporary. It's not, it's not always something you can touch, see, and feel. Now, it may manifest itself that way. But supernatural peace is much better than temporary Sunset peace. Because you can only go on vacation, well, some of us, can only afford to go on vacation sometimes. You only can afford to get outside of the chaos of life, the escape from, from everything that's going on. We can only do that for so long, right? But God's peace can be with us throughout all that stuff, evidenced by Paul with his feet in feces in prison, talking about how awesome he was. There's, there's, a, there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And there's a peace that is not just the sunset or not just the temporary peace. and We, can, we have to be careful not to seek those things too much because they can, they can keep us away from the real peace that God has for us. And What happens is we pray ourselves away or pray ourselves out of situations that God has us in so that we can bring peace to others. We want everybody to be nice to us. Everybody's not going to be nice to you. If you're in a situation at work and, and it's not ideal, don't pray yourself out of it. <laughs> You may be there for a reason because you carry something that a lot of people need. And here's the cool thing. As soon as you begin to minister to people in that way, and I'm not saying you have to make everyone feel awkward and, and just pull your Bible out in the middle of work and just start preaching to everybody. It's taking the time to go to lunch with somebody and spend some time with them, getting to know them, see what they're going through in life, being there when they actually have something that they need your help with and helping them. Praying for them when they need prayer, you don't have to make it awkward. Stop being awkward. Christians, Stop being awkward. You don't have to be awkward. Love's not awkward. I'm serious, it's not. Occasionally he'll tell you to do something that may initially feel awkward, but if it's the Holy Spirit leading you, it won't be for long. Because his peace will go right there with you. And he's not going to kick you, go over there, and then hang on to his peace. (laughs) It's just not his character, right? He can't do that (laughs) because he's with us. All right, Colossians 3:15 this is a scripture that I kind of jumped the gun. It says let the peace of God rule your hearts. Rule in the Greek literally means decision maker. Shane And that goes back to even what the Lord was speaking to me through worship, too. You're, you're transferring that peace. When you're praying for those guys, you, you're, that's spreading. That's the kingdom spreading. That's, I mean, that's what it's all about. This is why we meet on Sundays is for, for opportunities like that outside this place. I mean, this is, I mean that's it. <clears throat> so Colossians says, let the, let the peace of God rule your hearts. And rule means decision-maker, or another translation says umpire. He umpires our hearts. And so peace actually helps you make decisions. Now, how does that work? When you, when you think you hear from God, His, when you go, you should feel peace. If you don't, then you need to check. You need to pray about it. You need to talk to God. If you don't feel a peace when you begin to move, I don't think that that's God's voice. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that God's going to send you somewhere where he's not going to give you a peace that is, is going to be greater than any anything that's going against you in the midst of, of, of where he's sending you. It's completely outside of his character to do that. Now, we have to be careful that we see this. This is a supernatural peace. This doesn't mean that at the plant they're going to turn all the fans off, they're going to shut down production so you can pray for somebody. Now, I mean, God could do that if he wanted to, but I'm just saying, that's not what he's talking about. So we have to be clear here because when we say, oh, well, that doesn't make sense because... God led me here, but I didn't see a lot of peace. Wait, you didn't see a lot of peace? It doesn't mean peace wasn't there, right? Because we're not living from just the seen realm but the unseen realm. You bring the peace. This this was so important that that Jesus said he left it with us when when he told his disciples in John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you peace as the world gives you, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This was so important that he said, listen, I leave my peace with you. I'm going to go, but I leave my peace with you. And this is important that you have this peace because you're not going to be afraid. Why weren't, and here's, here's, here's the important part. Why is it important for us to hear, hear God's voice and why were they not afraid? In John 10:24, um, the Jews were, were questioning Jesus. Um, they were asking, if you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. In verse 25, Jesus said, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Listen. <laughs> what gives you more peace than anything? Now, let's back up. What what would, what would be the most... Um, Combative towards peace, I would say. I would, I would say fear. And one of the greatest fears most of us as humans have is what? Death. We all, in some way or another, are not like, unless we're really, really get it, or like really looking forward to death. <laughs> I mean, we understand it theologically, but at the same time, there's a, something in the back of our heads goes, this isn't, this isn't for me. I don't, I don't want to die. I think there's a reason why. It's because you weren't designed to die. I mean, it seems simple enough. We weren't made to die. I mean, we kind of we do physically now, but that wasn't the initial plan. Well, now that the curse has been reversed, you're still not made to die. That's why it's such an unnatural thing. That's why I think Jesus cried uh, when he raised Lazarus. I don't think it was because it was his buddy. I think he cried because he was like, "This is not how it's supposed to be. (laughs) You You guys should not have to die." And so, in the same way, he's saying, "Listen, you can have a peace now. Why? Because I've given you eternal life. You don't have anything to fear." Well, I mean, what are we afraid of now? If if death is no longer a threat, um, I mean, what else can you threaten me with? I mean, it's, pretty, it's it's a pretty freeing thing, right? There's there's no and if no one can snatch us out of his hand, I'm listening to that guy. <laughs> I'm hearing his voice. Where are you leading me? This whole thing about I used to hear about submitting. Submitting was always like, ee, especially in The way I grew up with a lot of of bad people, (laughs) I wasn't submitting to anybody. I was fighting everybody. (laughs) I wasn't submitting to nothing. Now, I had a a bad representation of a father. had a bad representation of friends. had a bad representation of lots of relationships. But now on the flip side, after I get saved and I I get born again and I know the Lord, I don't have a problem submitting to God because he has my best interest. It's to my benefit that I submit to him. Say, so, hey, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do, because I know that it's going to be better on the other side of it. It's not a difficult thing for me. If we realize that the peace is not just what we touch, see, and feel, and it's not, it's not just the, the feelings that we have, it's the trust that we have in the Father. And it comes from identity right there. He says, listen, I told you, but you didn't believe. You're not going to hear if you don't believe. If you believe, you'll hear my voice, because my sheep hear my voice, because I know them and they know me. How do, you hear the, how do you hear the voice of God? You know him. You know his character. It's evidence in these scriptures. Completely evidence. Now, when I said earlier that his, his Holy Spirit will not, his voice and his Holy Spirit will not lead you, to, and they will not contradict these words. They will not. But if you take these out of context and you manipulate them, you'd be careful with that. If you have your own ideas about this stuff and you're not open to what the Holy Spirit is leading you, because if this was just a historical book, then I, don't, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here every Sunday. This, if it was just a historical teaching about a prophet that lived a long time ago and he wasn't living today and he didn't bring us eternal life, then we would all be wasting our times. But, but he is a living God and he does still speak to us and he does still bring us peace. 2 Corinthians uh, 4.17 says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, But on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This is easily, there's lots of stories, but the two easiest ones are back to back about Jesus feeding the 5,000 and then Peter walking on water. Both of these things in the natural don't make any sense, but in the spirit they make complete sense. The Jesus feeding the 5,000 is pretty self explanatory. We'll skip for time's sake, we'll go straight to the walking on water. In the natural, and it wasn't just water. If you read the story, there were waves. <laughs> just to make it a little more difficult. So there were waves hitting the boat, and they see Jesus walking. Peter says, hey, if it's you, call me out to you. And he starts walking on water. No sea dew, just walking on water step by step. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, right? From, from a, a just a natural standpoint is the most ridiculous thing you could do. And it's not... Not a very comfortable thing in the natural to step off of a boat in the middle of a storm expecting to walk on water. Not logical in the natural. But in the spirit, it's completely logical. Why? Why is it logical? I'm going to let y'all answer this. Why do you think it's logical that, that Peter would walk on water? Because Jesus told him to, Yeah. <laughs> like a wild e coyote moment. Right. And it is and yet Jesus just reached out and hold up. Jesus reached into our reality. I think the most the most difficult thing for us let's see how I can word this. Most difficult thing for us is to know. God, I got is to, is to know that reality that we walk in because it, it can be contrary to what we see. And I, I know that seems simple, but this comes from the, the misinterpretation that I heard about, or, or, or the way that I heard it was that basically Jesus died to make us better. The true interpretation is Jesus died to make us like him. And that's a hard thing for us to accept. It's a hard thing for me to accept. That's why I continually talk about you guys being righteous. Because it's easy for us to be convinced that we're sinners and that we're bad. It's difficult for us to be convinced that we're righteous. That revelation is very difficult because we're still in this world. We're still in this fallen world. But when you say in the the the, the better I guess the better analogy would be it's easy to say sweet tea. And by the way, there's no unsweet tea, it's just tea. We're just in the south people ask for unsweet tea. I'm like, what do you put sugar in it and take it back out? Sweet tea or tea? When you make sweet tea and it's hot and it comes together, it's, it's a new thing. It's not just water and tea. It's sweet tea. It's all together, right? It's all one thing. And you can't uh, you can't unsweeten it. <laughs> you can't take the sweetness back out. And so for us to walk like every day, step by step, seeing the people that we see, talking to the people that we talk to, going through our work lives, through our school lives, realizing that we carry Jesus Christ Holy Spirit with us everywhere we go. We have to be reminded of this. When we talk about renewing our minds, we have to be reminded of that constantly. We talk about God talking to us. It's not always this loud, thunderous voice. Sometimes it's a quiet whisper. Sometimes it's a a picture he gives us. Sometimes it's a dream or a vision. Sometimes it's a buddy. God speaks to us through people. Proverbs talks about godly counsel. Listen to people who give you godly counsel. They're wise, and they're looking out for you, and God can speak through them too. There is a i keep i keep I keep thinking about this just like you were saying this 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 reality, this real life that we can live it's almost like um, looking everywhere for the keys to your car and they're in your pocket kind of thing. <laughs> if we genuinely know that we carry this holy spirit it should it should completely dramatically change everything that we do in our lives, not just behavior modification but inward transformation in that. Now when we, when we walk somewhere, we know that it's just not us speaking, that we, can, we have someone with us. And it's not just God saying, do this or else, or do this and I'm not with you, but he's close. I don't know if you remember when I had, I don't know if it was Gabe or had somebody up here, and I, I pulled him close and walked, walked together. This is, this is the image that we have to continue to remind ourselves that Christ is with us all the time. And, and another misconception is that when we mess up, he separates and we've got to get him back. And he's like he's just he's so intimidated by by us or by mistakes or by sin or anything that he bolts every time we mess up, which is ridiculous, and that he's some far 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 away and he's not with us. Yes, I mean he grabbed it. it wasn't hard for Jesus to pick him up. Jesus didn't struggle to pick him up. It's like all right. I mean it's the same way when we do. It. We're like oh I'm distracted, and Jesus is like. I'm I'm right here. He was no matter where he was, he was within arm's reach. Obviously, right? Just pick him right up. This sounds kooky. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I can hear me saying it. I think this sounds a little kooky. But this is the reality. This is this is what we have to see as a, as a, as a Christian. This is normal Christianity. <laughs> normal Christianity is seeing things outside of our own our own offenses, <laughs> our own misunderstandings, our own need to be noticed and liked. It has to be outside of those things because all those things are found in security in him. Because when we take those things and try to give them to other people, they're going to drop. They can't can't deal with that kind of stuff. People can't be who God is to you. This is why as a church, I try not to make as much as I can make all the emphasis on me. And it seems like a cop-out. I push it all on y'all. It's not a cop-out. It's a healthy church. A healthy church is when you guys can hear from the Holy Spirit on your own outside of these doors and you can so I get texts from you guys and, and, and emails and private messages sometimes about how the Lord does something. I want to encourage you to put it on our on the private Facebook page because other people need to hear it and I should start doing it too. I just don't want to share all y'all's business but y'all can't. I share all mine. So there's this new reality that we walk in so there's and I kind of went off on a tangent there too. We hear from God. We recognize his voice because it's not condemning. We recognize it because it is, it brings life. It's like a fresh breath. It's like a turbocharger. <laughs> I like cars, so I use those analogies. It's like a fresh breath. There, the 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 heart of God can be communicated through you, like through Shane and his work. He may use something completely different than you may use, I don't know a lot of people that plant plants, but these scriptures testify about God. (laughs) And when I speak to somebody, I may use an analogy about an engine and a car to somebody who knows cars. The heart of what God is saying can be the same thing through that. And it's completely Holy Spirit led, whether I'm in a garage working on a car or out. And this this was the whole thing about get in your prayer closet, read your Bible this long every day, pray. Those are all good things. Do those things hear from God all day long. Remember when and I want to give a few examples and I hope I don't embarrass anybody but I may. I'll give a few examples. One, Tracy's not in here so she can't get I don't think she's in here. Is she? She can get mad at me later. Here's the thing Tra- and I said this a few Sundays ago too Tracy uh, Tracy heard distinctly from the Lord to pray. we were camping and we are at a she was in one of the bathrooms it's just like a bathhouse and the Lord told her to pray for and, and don't put this in don't don't put this in a box and say this is another program this is another uh, formula because this was just specific to her in this instance. Don't go make everybody feel awkward everywhere. This was just specific to her. Um, and I think if she would have followed through that it wouldn't have been as awkward as she thought it was. Um, the Lord told her to pray for this woman about something specific. <laughs> and Trey's like, No way, I'm not doing that. This is weird. And so she kind of bargained with God as we do sometimes. She's like, Well, if she dropped something on her way out. Or if she goes out and comes back in, then I'll pray for her. Well, that didn't happen. She left. And Tracy was bummed, like, for three days. She was just bummed. And I think, and I told her, I said, look, don't be bummed about it. I said, God uses lots of other people. And somebody, he'll put somebody else. You just, you missed out on one little opportunity. You'll get another one. She's not just going to die and go to hell because you missed out. It was just something, and it wasn't a major thing. It was like she was having some back pain or something. Tracy just wanted to pray for her. So somebody else will pray for her. God will use somebody else. and Whatever. (laughs) I wanted to pick at her, but I didn't. Um, but she was bummed for like two or three days, right? To me, I think she was more uncomfortable that she didn't do it than if she would have done it. If she would have done it, it may have been awkward for a moment, but then she would have been all excited about it and come and told me about it, because that's what I've done. Now, at the same time, um, you, Julius, you cool if I share your story we did on, on Wednesday night? You cool with that? Um, Brianne was struggling with hearing from God. We talked about it on Wednesday. She was like, "I don't get it. I don't hear from God." You know, Justin, you get up there and you always talk about how you're hearing from God and worship and doing all this stuff, and I don't get it. And and then Julius brought up, he said, "He said you don't even realize when you're hearing from God." He said that day, the other day, when we were we were sitting in the truck and it was raining, and he, Julius said, "I was just stressing out about some things, life stuff, bills, that kind of thing," and she ran outside and saw a lily pad or rain and something like that, some of that effect, and was reminded of of the scripture about how Jesus cares so much about us. Brought the scripture to his attention. And, I mean, Julius was just at peace. He was like, you know what? God's going to take care of us. And I said, bingo. That's hearing from God. God brought that to you so that you could speak it to him so that he could have peace in that moment. It's as simple as that. Here's all you have to do is recognize those. Okay, what are you saying, Lord? And just say them. And that wasn't a big deal, was it? I mean, she just said it. Don't make a formula out of that. Don't talk about lilies every time you run anybody. You know what I'm saying? It's different. It's always different. I had a vision the other night about somebody. I haven't told them yet. I may tell them today. I was woken up, and it wasn't a bad taco dream. It was a, it was a legit vision. I woke up in the middle of the night, and it was just as clear as could be. And 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 it's weird. It was a little weird. And the Lord was saying, this is for that specific person. I was like, I don't know what that means. That's what I'm going to tell them when I tell them. i like, here it is. I don't know what it means. He didn't explain it to me. Maybe it means something to you. It, it's just as simple as that. It's not complicated. It could be, a, it could be a scripture that he reveals to you for someone else. But what I found is the most, the most peace and the most joy. <laughs> I mean, you could go through all the fruits of the spirit, but all those things have always come when, when, when I step outside of myself, my own needs, and minister to somebody else. And I'm not just talking about self sacrifice. I'm just talking about genuinely hearing from the Lord and, and loving people. It's not complicated. Anytime I've done that has not been uncomfortable. Maybe initially I'll say no, but once, it's more uncomfortable for me to fight, which it should be because he's God. It's more uncomfortable for me to fight than to, to just say, okay, this is, this is good. And, and here's what comes out of it. We've talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months. Relationships are the goal and the reward. One of the, one of the things the Lord showed me, and I'll, I'll kind of wrap up with this. And I was going to say this in the beginning and I forgot about it, so maybe it's God's timing here. On that same camping trip, um, <clears throat> when we kind of withdrew a little bit, we missed a Wednesday and a Sunday, and I hate missing church. I really do. I love you guys, and I love coming. But I felt, I felt like it was good for us. We needed to go on a little mini vacation, we went camping at Gulf State Park. It was fun. And uh, early one morning, it was like the second day we were there, we got up. It was like crazy, uh, crazy busy. It was spring break and Gulf Shores, and so I like to get up early. And Normally Tracy doesn't, but she got up early this morning. We sat down. We bought this little fold-out love seat thing sitting down drinking coffee, and uh, our, our campsite had a little trail that went to a lot of the fun stuff like the pool and uh, basketball or whatever, all, all the little things that you could do. Well, a lot of kids would come through this trail, and we're just talking, hanging out or whatever, and then somebody like shouts at us, has walked through this trail, and is standing right there shouting at us. I was like, whoa, kind of startled me. Like, I'm in defense like dad mode, like, hey, buddy. And it took a little time for me to realize he's, he, he had some special needs. He was about 18 or 19 years old, and he was shouting a lot. But as we began to talk, I realized what was going on. I said, like, okay, I us kind of see what's going on here. And so we began to talk. He was asking for Gary or somebody, and I was like, I don't know where Gary is. And he was like, where are the, where are the boys? And there was a group of us there, and there was a lot of boys in the tents that camped with us. And I was like, if you're looking for the boys, I think they're in the tent over there. And he was like, yeah, the one with muscles. And I was like, I guess one of those guys probably has muscles. And uh, so we just kind of got into a little conversation. And then uh, my friend Mark, who was two campers over, Walked by with his dog, and and uh, we found out later his name's Tim. And Tim was like Mark. And Mark said, "Hey, Tim," and then just walked by. <laughs> and I was like, "What did I miss here?" And uh, so then Tim bolted. We just took off through the woods. <laughs> and I was like, "All right, that was cool." Well, then later on, uh, I, well, I talked to Mark, and I was like, "Hey," and he was like, "Yeah, we met him yesterday. He came there playing volleyball, and he took the volleyball from him <laughs> and like served it. And uh, so they they got to know him a little bit that day. And then we had him. He came back, and we had several other conversations and. I won't get into all the details, and, and there's, there was a lot happening there for me in the spirit. Um, but the Lord was speaking to me a lot through that whole experience. We played kickball later on. I mean, we had a ton of kids out there. We're just a big group of people. And uh, he played Tim played kickball with us. And we had to, the kids slowly were kind of adapting um, to kind of how to, how, to, how to operate and how to do things with them. So they were getting them out a lot. And I was like, hey, take it easy a little bit. And uh, they are just chucking the ball, like, Pfft. hey, easy, guys. And uh, so, man, when Tim made it to first base, it was like he won the lottery. Like, he was so excited. And I'll never forget that, because, I mean, he was jumping up and down. He's was like, "Whoa!" And I was like, man. And I was just like, I didn't want to play ball anymore. I was just, like, zoned out. I was like, this is so incredible. And he was just at first base. And there was something. And, and all the kids were so excited. You, you remember, Trent? The kids were just so excited. They were like, yeah, Tim. <laughs> it was like, first base. And there was just something in that moment um, that the game didn't matter anymore, right? Um, everything else that was going on didn't matter, but there was something in a new relationship that we had formed with a, with, a, with a person, with another person. And all the kids were involved, and everybody was involved. And I was just like, wow, how awesome is this? This is, this is what it's about. And as I, I kind of I, I prayed about that since then, this is how church is. We come in here every Sunday, and then we have a, a certain bit of parameters. We have a little bit of structure. Not much. We have a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's about the relationships that we build in here and the relationships that we build outside the doors. Everything else is not nearly as important. Right? This is the reality of the kingdom in us is that we can we can receive God's love, which is an agape love, an unconditional love, and we can share it with others. And the goal and the reward is relationship because it was a restored relationship with the Father that Jesus brought us and now we can have genuine relationships with other people. Scripture talks about we have 100 houses. Listen, we have, I don't know, maybe 80, 90 people in here. You have 80 or 90 houses. If you ever lose your house, you got a house, right? This is is how the kingdom works. We love each other and we take care of each other. This is genuine um, seeing things beyond money and things and houses and cars and seeing people and caring for people. When we hear from God, his heart is to love people and to bring people into his kingdom. It's not about the details of how we necessarily do a lot of little things though. we need to do. I mean, we, we have housekeeping. I mean, we, have to, we have to clean the church. We do these things. But that's not the goal. The goal is, is relationships and the reward is relationships. Listen, I know some of you much better and deeper than I did two years ago, five years ago, a week ago, yesterday. And it's ongoing. It doesn't happen instantly like that especially with the merge, it takes time. There's going to be people that have, have gone to gospel life for a long time that know, know each other a lot better, and there's going to be people that have gone to pure grace for a long time. We know each other better. And as we, as we grow and get to know each other, I hope that we do, and I hope we build good and lasting relationships and we care for one another. But that takes time. I mean, you just can't make history like that. So as we, as we hear from the Lord and, and show each other grace and love, that, I, I pray that that peace follows in every relationship in this place and that that love is, is, is on the forefront of everything that we do. So when decisions are made, when, when things go on, when things go off, whatever, that that love is always in the forefront. Um, all right. I chased many rabbits today. We'll wrap up with John 14. John 14, 25 says, All, I, all this I've, I've spoken while still with you, but the advocate the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. And I do not give you peace as the world does, but I give you, and do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Where the Holy Spirit is, there's peace, and if you have the Holy Spirit, you should have peace. You just need to recognize it. It doesn't necessarily look the way that you think it looks. So who teaches us and reminds us from that scripture? Holy Spirit, right? Where does our peace come from? Holy Spirit. Is our peace only in a lack of adversity or conflict? No. Our peace <laughs> Our peace is so great that the Bible says it surpasses our understanding, and in order to do that, we have to give up understanding sometimes. And that's difficult to do. It's difficult for me, especially because I'm supposed to be telling you guys how to do it. So we don't pray for. We don't pray for the circumstances to change. We pray for an inward transformation so that we can begin to adjust our circumstances. It's the difference between seeing. Be careful of the lies what you see. Be careful of the ears what you hear, and saying no. Open your eyes and open your ears, <laughs> and minister to the people around you and see the kingdom manifest. Stand up with me. Don't forget we have spaghetti dinners. I think we you can hang out here and eat them or you can take them with you to go. We probably have some extras. I don't know. If you didn't order some, you can get some. Um, and I want to pray for those guys. Those guys have been over there cooking spaghetti this whole time. That's probably where Tracy bolted off to to help. Um, but yeah, Father, we just thank you for this this day. Father, we thank you for your peace that we can come in here and, and just take a deep breath and just, and just rest in your peace. Father, I thank you that you... You step, you step ahead of us, Lord, and everywhere we go that your peace is already there. And So Father, I thank you that, that as we are limited sometimes by time and space, that our eyes and our ears will be open in the spirit to see things the way that you see things. And So that when we see people, we see them at their full potential, not at their current state. So Father, that we would have a heart for restoration in relationships and in marriages and in, in homes. Whether we would have a heart for people that, that are hurting and needing you that we would see it and recognize it and speak life into it. Father, open our eyes to the little things that we can, we can do to help people and minister to people that, are, that may not be the most natural thing for us, but it is the most natural thing for us in the Spirit. It is the most re- relevant and real thing that we could ever do is just, is just be led by your Spirit. Father, I thank you that you're not just a historic God, but you're a living God, that you move with us and that you walk with us, Lord, that you laugh with us. Lord, you cry with us. Lord, I just thank you that you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen.